the Criterion Collection of video games is now coming out thanks to Digital Eclipse, and I cannot wait. Plus, I'll be talking about a video game-related thing. I rode the Tron ride at Disney World. Tonight is July 16th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. That's right, I'm back. After two weeks, I went out of town for a week. Brought back a summer cold. Wasn't the big C. And uh, now I'm here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, yet another uh, a, a, a Disney, I guess, part of edition uh, of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, welcome. Thank you so much for coming back this early on Sunday night uh, here at the T- Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. We do tape this show live almost each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash network. Don't worry, podcast audience, you are not behind. There actually was no show last week when I thought there would be. Uh, I was uh, I was congested. I was just coming down with a big cold. And while I was felt fine enough to do the show, uh, my voice was not one you'd want to listen to for an hour. So... Um, yeah, uh, so I, I, I did you all a favor and didn't talk for an hour last week. And I'm still like, it's it's now I'm at the end of it. So there's still some uh, in my head uh, and stuff, some congestion, but I feel fine. And so we're going to make the best of it. But uh, if you can't be here during the week, uh, and also if you were in our Discord server, you would know that I had canceled uh, last week. I voluntarily rate limited the show so you wouldn't have to listen to it. Uh, you can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord is how you can get the free invite into our server. Uh, talk about previous episodes and maybe even uh, bring up topics that you want to hear on future episodes. Uh, so I also do want to mention, uh, because we're coming up really close to it, it's only in a couple of weeks, the Southern Fried Gaming Expo is uh, July 28th through 30th. So it's not uh, this this coming weekend. It's it's uh, it's the next weekend, and uh, I I am thrilled to be there, and uh, I, I I look forward to this every single year, uh, and um, so uh, it is a pinball and arcade expo here in Atlanta. It's at the Cobb Galleria Center, uh, uh, Cobb Galleria Center and Renaissance Waverly Hotel, right across from Truist Park, where the Braves play. There is a Braves homestand, so if you are driving in, realize that parking's going to be a little bit fun uh, because the Braves are going to be playing at home that weekend. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be there, and so is Rob. So is Rob Roberts. Uh, he is going to be there as well. I am going to be hosting one panel, uh, basically in a panel that I did last year, uh, which uh, was um, uh, a speedrunning panel. So an Eternal Enigma, uh, another uh, host that you've heard at Games Done Quick, uh, he is going to be speedrunning Silent Hill Homecoming. And he's going to be speedrunning it uh, at 10 p.m. on Saturday. And I'm going to basically be the host. We did this last year. Uh, where we uh, we speed ran uh, Silent Hill uh, for the room, and uh, basically kind of talked about it in in a sense of people who've probably never seen speed runs before. So we did that, but then Rob is actually going to be hosting a panel on Sunday at one o'clock, and I don't think he's uh, he's really announced it yet. So you're going to want to listen to OLR to hear what that is. But if if you have the Southern Fried Gaming Expo app, you can figure out which one it is. It's really cool. Uh, it's one I wanted to take for myself, but I decided that Rob should have it. Uh, Rob said he said it on social media. So it's the voices of Nintendo. Uh, so it's the uh, voice actors from Nintendo games, like uh, the voice of Bowser, the voice of Peach. Uh, not the movie ones, but the actual ones from the video games. And Rob is hosting that panel on Sunday at 1 o'clock at... 
the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Um, that panel might be recorded by Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I don't know. Um, the panel I am doing about the speedrunning, we will be filming and posting on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel. Uh, so uh, that is what we're going to be doing. And so if you're going to be here in Atlanta... Uh, and you want to attend, uh, memberships are still available. Go to GameATL.com uh, for information. Uh, they do have single-day passes. They're only available at the door. The prices are on the website, or you can get a weekend pass, uh, which also gets you all those pinball machines and arcade machines and everything on free play for the entire weekend. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, hopefully, we'll see some of you there, and that would be awesome. Uh, so, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, something that's non-video games. So where I went two weeks ago, actually, uh, a neighbor had a wedding, uh, down in Tampa. Uh, so we went down to Tampa, uh, for the wedding. Actually, it was on Madeira beach. If you're, if you're familiar with the area. So it's more St. Pete than Tampa, but you know, whatever. Uh, it, it's Florida, that, that coast of Florida. Uh, so we went down for a wedding for that, uh, got to see, you know, mother-in-law and, and then we were like, you know what? We're down here for this wedding. I like Tron. Let's go ride Tron. And it happened to be on Tuesday. That's right. I went on July 4th to Magic Kingdom. Uh, so uh, that is all we did. We only did Magic Kingdom. We didn't do the other parks. So I still have not done any of the Star Wars stuff. But the only thing we wanted to do was ride Tron. That was literally the only thing. We were going to do other things. But the only thing was I wanted to ride Tron. Here's the funny part. I hate roller coasters with a passion. I hate them so much. They suck. I, this was a dumb idea already. Um, it was going to be hot. It was going to be crowded because they did have a specific fireworks. They had their like 4th of July fireworks that night, which is different from the normal fireworks show they do every night at Magic Kingdom. Uh, so I was like, this is a dumb idea. And we did it. Uh, it was hot. It was uh, not as crowded as uh, we expected it to be, but it's because it was a blackout date for annual pass holders. So no annual pass holders were in the park unless they paid full admission to go in. Uh, so it was actually it wasn't that bad until the fireworks display that night. Uh, but um, we went in and uh, we we did we were able to ride the ride twice. Uh, so we did the virtual queue thing at, at, at 7 a.m. Because there's no line. You literally cannot just walk up and stand in a line to ride Tron. That's not how it works uh, nowadays. So if you haven't been to Disney World in a couple of years, this is going to be a big shock for people because there's a couple rides that are like this where you literally cannot stand in line for it. Period. It just that doesn't exist. Uh, you use their app. And you already have your reservation linked in the app. And at 7 a.m., you tap a button and you hope that it refreshes and then you get in line because it takes about five seconds for that line to uh, to go away, to fill up. And uh, uh, we were able to get in. So we had our first uh, run at like it was said 1230 and then. It's like, come back at 1230. And then it's like, no, now you're going to want to come back at 1150. And now you're going to want to come back at 1115 and then 1030. So we're riding it at like 1030 in the morning. And then, but we also bought, we paid the money to get the individual lightning lane, which is the new version of FastPass. And you can pay money and you get a time. And we'd put in for the evening. So between 7.50 and 8.50 p.m., we actually paid to ride it again. Uh, so I got to ride a, a roller coaster twice, and I, I was not happy about this, but it was Tron. And I still hate roller coasters. Um, I will say, uh, first about the ride because I got the ride and then people are noticing on Twitch, the, the merch store that's behind me because we spent a little bit of money, uh, which is really the other reason I went. Um, so, uh, the ride, it is, it's, it's my wife loved it and she loves roller coasters. So it really does feel like there's an outdoor part and that's the part that you've seen. And that's the part I didn't like the most because it's got a big bank. Uh, so it banks to the right, and then it goes, and then it banks to the left. And then once it goes inside, it's actually a little bit better for me. Uh, and that's a lot more like your Space Mountain or your Rock and Roller Coaster or something like that. It's it's very much like those rides. Um, and the storyline is you are a group of light cycles, uh, and you're trying to beat three other groups of light cycles, three other teams, red, orange, and, and yellow. Uh, and uh, the users have never won. The blue team has never won, and that's the story as you go through the ride. It talks about how the users have never won. Here's the people who've won. They're the champions. You, and then, you know, obviously the ride ends and you, you win. Um, and uh, so once you get in there, and it does tell the story, you're trying to go through eight gates, 
uh, and you're trying to get through eight gates before the others, and the others are attacking you and everything. It is a really, really cool experience, and I bet it's even cooler at night. We rode it again, but unfortunately, the sun had gone down, but the sky hadn't darkened yet, so we did not get the full-on uh uh, full full on experience of that. Uh, the Brickman in chat says the best part of a roller coaster is not getting on, and that's the way I usually am because like I can I can like a Six Flags park is uh, there's no reason for me to go to a Six Flags Disney at least has some rides that I can do, um, and uh, you know and I, I like the test track ride, uh, which as uh, Radiator Spring Racers in Disneyland and in California Adventure but it's called Test Track in Epcot. That one I like, and that's about as close as to a roller coaster as I ever got before I got on Tron. And uh, But I will also say I did not fit in the ride. So uh, if you have ever seen uh, the, the Tron ride, uh, you're actually in a light cycle. And the way that you go in the light cycle is you, you, know, you kind of mount the motorcycle and you pull the arms towards you, the, the handlebars towards you, and that pulls out a little lever that holds in behind your knee and it goes over your calf and a little thing that goes and, and it goes all over your back and you're basically hunched over like you're on a motorcycle. And, uh, I didn't fit on it, but because I hate roller coasters, uh, it's probably a good thing because I would probably not have ridden it a second time. If I had to ride it that way, they do have, we called them the luxury seats in the back, which are like traditional roller coaster seats. Every other car, every other set of cars have those. And, uh, those are the ones that we had had that that we had uh we were on so um yeah so uh thankfully they had those uh but yeah so the the ride the ride was fun um it, it is a very short ride which is good it's like less than like it's less than two minutes uh there is, and it's a it's a quick launch so there's no like tick tick, tick you're, you're not like there's no suspense you just you go in and boom you go and it starts and then it's over. Uh, I think I actually have some video here and I'm going to see if it'll actually like play. It may or may not. Uh, we're going to see. Um, there it is. So there there's people getting into the 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 coaster. I think I can even. There's there's the people in the light cycle going across. I'm sorry for the people that are on the podcast uh, that can't can't hear it. And then this is outside at night. Uh, one of the, 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 the coasters going by and you'll actually see like it does like some lighting things around the coaster which is what I wanted to experience but I didn't get to but here they come um, so and that's them going into the ride um, so uh, so it, it, it is really cool and uh, uh, and Matt does say there aren't that uh, many if at all loops uh, upside down roller coasters in Disney which I appreciate I think there's one in California Adventure, because they actually, like, have, you go around the Mickey Mouse, I think, in the California Adventure one. Uh, but, yeah, I couldn't do loops or anything like that. So, let's see. What's going on here? Uh, top people are talking about roller coasters in Disney. Um, uh, see, Questbus says, Everest, Mount Everest, is one of my favorite at Disney, but the Rock and Roller Coaster is another one I like a lot. I cannot stand drop rides, though. So, no Haunted Mansion for you or whatever they're calling it now. Um, and uh, Questbus says, I love the onboarding stuff Disney does for their rides. Um, and uh, I also feel guilty for holding up the line by staring at the stuff they put in to create atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, so there, yeah. So basically that, and, and thankfully, like there isn't much in the Tron, right? Because I guess they knew that people were only going to be in line for like 30 to 45 minutes. Cause once you get in, once you go in for your, uh, virtual queue time, you're only in line for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes. The lightning lane, we got, we were in, in like five minutes and we were riding it. So when you actually, po- uh, the, the, pay for it yeah and tower of terror guardians of the galaxy not haunted mansion haunted mansion's great um i will say that uh we got the genie plus service so this is just another like random disney thing we did get the genie plus service which was like 20 bucks a person and that gave us the lightning lane which is the fast pass we since we were already up at seven we got to the park when it opened at eight thirty. And we had basically, since we were on property, we actually stayed at the Contemporary Resort, which wasn't as great as I thought it would be. Uh, the great parts about it are the parts that are ac- available to the public, the rooms, the, the hotel itself is not, nothing to write home about. Um, but uh, since we were on property, we were able to get the first thing. And first thing we did was Haunted Mansion. And we had Haunted Mansion at 930. Well, once you get in line, you can pick your next lightning lane. And so we did Pirates at like noon. Be after we did Tron, 
and we so we had the pirates lightning lane, and these are the fast pass lanes. So like we're you're only in line for like five minutes. You're going past the standby line, and everything. And then uh, she did one. My wife wanted to do the Buzz Lightyear um, game ride game thing where you're shooting things. Uh, so we got that at two, and so we went in that, and then we did Jungle Cruise at seven p.m. And these were all fast passes, so that, that twenty bucks was really worth it to get the Genie Plus. Um, so uh, th- that that was great, and just being we did not stand in a single standby line for anything we wanted to do at Disney World except for the virtual queue line for for Tron, which everybody had to stand in. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that that was cool. Um, so uh, the other thing is we 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 spent a lot of money. Um, we spent a lot of money. And uh, I will first say, before we get to that, there, are, there were always two things I looked for in, in, uh, in Disney. Um, whenever I would go to the parks, I would be like, if they acknowledge these two franchises, I'm buying it. And one is Tron. And so we see all the stuff here. Uh, but then the other is Kingdom Hearts. And I will say that I did find... Two, not just one, but two Kingdom Hearts pins. Let me get my... I'm covering up half the screen here so I can... Two Kingdom Hearts pins. Not just one, but there were two. Uh, You can also... They've got like these 3D printers at at some of the places, at some of the, 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 the stores, and you can 3D print like a Magic Band... Or a phone case, and those all had Kingdom Hearts stuff. So you could print a you, uh, a Kingdom Hearts uh, Magic Band, and you're probably going like, "Wait, what's a Magic Band?" Because if you've only ever been to uh, Disneyland, you don't have these yet. Disney World has the Magic Bands, and I we I actually got a new Magic Band. This is the Magic Band Plus, and it is actually the Tron Magic Band. Uh, and this is a um, the Magic Band Pluses, which they they don't print out the Magic Band Pluses, uh, but uh, these are kind of like these have your little NFC tag that you tag to get in. Uh, and um, the nice thing about the Magic Band Plus is, is if I wind up turning it on, you'll actually see that it, it lights up and stuff and it'll even vibrate. So you have it on your wrist and it's actually to uh, things in the park will trigger your Magic Band. Uh, so not only did we use this kind of as our payment and as our. Uh, you know, getting in, in line and everything because it's tied to my account. Uh, not only that, but like when I was in the Haunted Mansion ride, which is the actual Haunted Mansion, not Tower of Terror, uh, as we were in there, my magic band pulsed red, the the light on it pulsed red, and it gave a little heartbeat vibration as I'm in the Magic Kingdom ride. Um, on the Tron ride, it actually vibrates right before you're about to 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 launch and stuff like that. So... Uh, they have some like hidden things around the park. I think if you're in the uh, the the Rise of the Resistance, you can actually use this to, or just in the Disney in the 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 Batu, uh, Galaxy's Edge, you can actually use this to do like some AR games or something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the Magic Bands were kind of neat, uh, and it was also our room key and all that stuff. I'm trying to turn it off. There we go. Now it's blinking red. Um, and yes, it is kind of similar to the Super Nintendo World wristbands, except they were doing this first. Disney was first on this. Um, yeah, and S. Jerry Matt says, uh, most if not all the rooms on property only use Magic Bands or your phone to enter. So yes, you could have your phone uh, with like your Google Wallet or your Apple Pay, and that can also do everything the Magic Band can do, but but then you wouldn't have a cool Magic Band. Also spent a lot of money in, in, in the shop, and um, one of the things, so there's actually a couple things behind me that light up, and so I think if I like turn off the light, you're going to see more things lit up. Kind of not really. Okay, that didn't work too well. Um, so I think I've actually got some. Uh, let's see what what does the slideshow have? Oh, okay, I, I got some pictures of uh, people getting on the ride. Let's see here, and then uh, we have. Oh, that was one of the the like the enter. So the Tron ride, everything at Disney and, and Epcot and stuff is sponsored by a company. It was Enterprise Rent a Cars, the Tron sponsor, by the way. Um, there, there's a lot of the hall. Uh, so what I had gotten is, uh, there's a picture frame and, uh, let me go back to this picture frame. There's a, a coffee mug that my wife got that has light cycles on it, a light up, uh, 
a, a light up water bottle. I got the little remote control light cycle, uh, and um, and uh, th- there's a purse that lights up. So my wife gets a purse that says "Enter the Grid," and it all it lights up and everything. Uh, we also got a few pins. So um, you know, if you're into pins and you're watching on the stream, uh, there's a few pins here um, that 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 we bought. Uh, some of those are the uh, limited edition one thousand. There's only 1,000 of them made, so we bought both of them, obviously. Um, and one of them even lights up. I haven't opened it up to light it up yet. Um, but uh, we also got, like, the pin starter lanyard. Uh, and uh, we've got the uh, some magnets, because I collect magnets, so there were some magnets. And we also, like, made some, like, ornaments and magnets using their 3D printer and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we got some stuff. Uh, I will say... Um, when I tallied up all the receipts, because there were multiple receipts, uh, it did not hit four numbers before the decimal. It came really close, though. But it was not, we did not hit four decimal, four digits before the decimal. Very close, though. So, Tiger Claw says, what's with the mini arcade cabinet? Does it have a game in it? No. And I was kind of saving it for last. Um... Rob Roberts says nine hundred ninety nine U.S. dollars. I, I I haven't really done, but but one of the receipts, the the number did start with a seven, um, and that was one of the three receipts. And uh, so, <clears throat> I don't have any kids, so that's how I'm able to do that. Uh, we sold our thirdborn for this. Uh, we sold we sold our firstborn kid to, for me to go to the national championship where Georgia lost in twenty seventeen. We sold our secondborn kid uh for uh for the world series when the braves game three of the world series when the braves won it all a couple years ago uh third born kid went to the tron merch and fourth born kids go into the world cup uh so that's what we're selling them all so uh breakman asks who's the hell's buying all these kids i don't know uh we're not going there we just don't have any we, we're we're promising them kids that don't exist i don't know uh so the the arcade cabinet it's not a game it is also not as cool as it sounds as much as I'm, it's going to pay me to say, because this is an experience because you've heard of the lightsaber experience uh, at, at uh, galaxy's edge, where there's a whole experience where you build your own lightsaber, you put it together, pick your color, pick everything. And that's what this is. Uh, and, and, and that is cool. The lightsaber one is cool. They did one for Tron. It's kind of a cool experience with a really, really disappointing end to it. So, it is a make-your-own-action-figure experience. So, what they do is they give you a little card. A little NCOM card with a number on it. It's got a little chip in it. It's actually kind of see-through. It's kind of neat. Um, and you go into this booth. And in this booth, you pick... Uh, you take a picture of your face three times. Breakman says lightsaber things for kids. It's $300. That's for me. $300 lightsaber, that's not for kids. Um, so this is a $100 experience that I'm talking about here with Tron. Now, um, you go in and you take three pictures of your face. Uh, one neutral, one happy, like smiling, and one shocked. And then they have you say, uh, they give you like a list of like eight lines, eight little phrases, and they have you record six of them. Uh, and then you choose like the helmet type, the uh, the uh, the the body type, and your color. And then, um, and then uh, they uh, say, "All right, come back in a couple hours. We'll text you." And so they text you. Then uh, once once you're there, they're like, "All right, stand here, stand behind the line." And then this happens. So. What's happening for the podcast audience? I'm standing in front of a um, a thing, and now Daft Punk is playing. And uh, from the center, magically, through like the magic of trickery, is this little Tron arcade cabinet coming up with this light, with this figure in it on, with the red. And then there, there's my face right there. It's uh, it is uh, it's a thing. Um, so uh, it is a little action figure. And I will now show you the action figure because that was cool. That was cool. 
All right. So now I'm basically what I'm doing is I am carefully picking up the Tron uh, cabinet here. So uh, the cabinet's kind of nice. I'm going to undo this. Uh, I'm going to try to do this with, uh, without breaking anything. There's a little key in the back that I take out. And I'm going to pull out the action figure because it's really not worth anything. But there's a reason I have it like still plugged in or still hooked into where it is. Come on. So inside of it, it is actually like attached to this little cardboard thing. And I'm keeping him in the cardboard thing because that's the only way he stays standing up inside the arcade cabinet. So I'm going to put the arcade cabinet back. All right, the arcade cabinet is back. So this is the action figure. He is still attached to the cardboard just because I want him to be able to stay standing up. But if I turn him on, there you are. So it's the red that I chose and my face. I wonder if I turn off the lights, you'll be able to see the face better. There's the face. I turn off the lights so you can see the face. And then if you uh, if and I'll, I'll turn the lights back on in a second, y'all. Uh, but there's a button in the front and so as you hear and so every time I hit this button in this front and so and then as it's doing it, I'm going to do this one time here. Uh, you won't be able to hear it, but you should be you might be able to see the face move. So that, that was me saying end of line and it's just doing some stuff. Um, it's neat, but um, if you couldn't tell, they couldn't even afford a directional mic. That's an omnidirectional mic. You can actually hear everybody in the store around me. And the actual like video face of me or whatever, it looks it, it, it's it's a webcam from like an old MacBook from like 2009. Like it's it's not really that well made. Like if it was like if they like gave me a headset or something or they took better pictures, but it's like this really low res, um, uh, you know, and, and it just, it, yeah, like, I'm like, if you're gonna have me say these things, just record my face saying these things instead of trying to like put like three things together. Um, so this was kind of disappointing. The actual end product. The, the, it was cool. The presentation was cool. The idea is cool. Uh, but um, this really was kind of disappointing. Now, apparently, the chip that's in here uh, can be used in, like, the real identity disks that they're coming out with later because I think they sold out already. And I think the chip will work in the uh, light cycle um, that I had bought, that the remote control light cycle, so it'll have my colors and my voice in it. So that'd be kind of cool. But I don't know exactly how to do that and how to set that in there. So... Uh, that was, uh, that's the experience there. The Breakman says Bobby sold his child for a broken toy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not broken. It's just not exactly the, the greatest thing ever. Um, S. Jeremiah says, give you the option to re-record your voice. Um, they, they do like you, you have like two tries in there and they're like, do not deviate from the script. We have ways of knowing that and we won't let you through. Um, Zemma gives assess how many points of articulation does it have the face uh, three because they took three pictures of me they took a picture uh, neutral and they took a picture of me smiling and they took a picture of me surprised uh, and so it just it 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 goes between those three things um, and so you can even kind of see it I'll do this one more time I'm going to turn off the lights so people can see it and then find the button. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and uh, Zemung says, you should have said hogwash. There's actually, like, a person that makes these, and so they would have actually, like, been like, no. You you literally, like, they told you, do not deviate from the script. Period, paragraph, end of story. Um, because then you wouldn't be able to have it, and they wouldn't use it. So, uh, E3VL says, reminds me of the Game Boy camera. Yes, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. So, uh, let me see if he stands up right there. Uh, just off screen. There he goes. So I'll keep him there for now. So that was kind of uh, not not really worth it. Um, but uh, everything else was. Um, and so we bought some shirts and my wife got a hoodie and things like that. So uh, this is actually one of them. And I just realized it's on backwards, but whatever. It's got Space Paterimoids and Tron on the back. It says Flynn's on the front. And I'm wearing it backwards because of course I am. <laughs> 
That's the kind of night it's been. Uh, and Questbuster says the arcade box came in as nice note, which is why I'm keeping the dude attached to the blue cardboard here, because that's the only way he stands stays standing up in the box. So I'm going to put him back in the box. I'm I'm kind of sad the button's in the front to make him talk, uh, because I would love to have, like, you can turn him on and off from the back, but the button in the front is the one that makes him talk. So you have to take him out of the box to make him talk. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so that, that was, that was my, my Tron adventure. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, sorry for not talking video games for 40 minutes. Uh, Mike Def says drill and hold the box, but the box is the best part. That box is the best part. Um, so let's, uh, let's very quickly. And, uh, as Sherry Matt says, the action figure will be peeping guard of Bobby's arcade. Some, a lot of this stuff's going in the arcade. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Send Monkey 11 says, sounds like a fun time. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, so video games. And the Breakman's like, video what now? Well, let's talk about... Uh, I, I am very excited about uh, a new collection of video games coming out. So this is the... I'm going to call it the Criterion Collection of Video Games, but they were actually coming out with their own name. Um, and uh, th- this is uh, from Digital Eclipse. And they came out with the Atari 50 collection. And... Now they've got uh, a new collection called the Gold Master Series. And so The Verge reports that last year Digital Eclipse released Atari 50, a sprawling interactive tour through Atari's long history. Uh, It was described as a cross between an interactive documentary and a virtual museum exhibition, and it really set a new bar for retro game collections. Now the studio is tackling another project, Karatika, or Karatika, nobody knows how to pronounce it, the game Jordan Mechner made before the iconic Prince of Persia. Called The Making of Karatika, uh, the new project sounds much like Atari 50, only is focused on a specific game. It includes pixel-perfect versions of the original Karatika releases and early prototypes that you can actually play, along with a host of design documents and documentary-style video features. There's even a brand-new remastered version of the action game. Uh, Mechner wrote on his personal blog, quote, What they've built around my 1984 kicking punching debut is much more than a game master. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it, unquote. The studio says the game is just a first in a new collection. It's calling the Gold Master Series. Basically, the idea is to give a bunch of influential games the Atari 50 treatment. Uh, Digital Eclipse's Chris Kohler wrote in a post announcing the series, quote, the Gold Master Series is something we've been planning for a long time here at Digital Eclipse. Independently produced products that celebrate key designers, studios, and games that changed the world. Our mission is to elevate these games, presenting them in their best possible light while putting them in their proper historical context, an approach we've dubbed the interactive documentary, unquote. So it's going to come, it doesn't have a release date, but it's slated to come out on Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Um, And uh, it's coming out sometime this year, uh, 2023. Uh, They haven't said when, they haven't said the price. Uh, There is going to be a physical edition through limited run games, uh, but you can get it digitally. And I actually looked, and if you're wondering what's going to be in it, there are 14 games. There's four, and not all of them are Kurtika. Uh, but, uh, there's the Apple II version, the uh, Atari 800 version, the Commodore 64 version, and a remaster version of it. But there's also multiple prototypes. So you can see throughout the entire development process. So you can play the first version of Karatika that was shown to publishers before they signed for it. And so you can play an early version of it as well as the, the end versions of it. Uh, there's also pro- multiple prototypes of a game called Death Bounce from the Atari 2, and Asteroid Blaster, which was one of Jordan's earliest games. Uh, so there's going to be 14 playable games throughout this interactive documentary. So it's really cool about them, and uh, Karateka is uh, probably how it's supposed to be pronounced. I, if I spoke Japanese, I would pronounce it correctly, but I don't. Um, so I'm really excited about this series. I think it's going to be great, and I am going to be there for all of the releases, even if I didn't like the game. Uh, Karateka, Karateka was one of my first uh, computer gaming memories. Um, wasn't the first game I played, I, be- I believe. That was more of an Intellivision game. Uh, but in terms of computer games, I remember this and remember not being very good at it. So maybe I'll actually get good at it. Questbuster says, Mechner's use of rotoscope on Karateka was really groundbreaking at the time. So uh, Monkey 11 says it's hard with keyboard. Well, now you're going to be using your Xbox controller or your Switch controller or whatever. So it's going to be a lot easier now. The last, uh, one of the last stories. So I've got two more stories that I wanted to talk about. Because we talked about it 
a lot uh, go- going up, and it's going to happen. The Microsoft Activision merger. CNBC reports that in a victory for Microsoft, the U.S. Appeals Court for the Ninth Circuit late on Friday denied the Federal Trade Commission's motion to temporarily stop Microsoft from closing on its $68.7 billion acquisition of video game publisher Activision Blizzard. Microsoft's still working to resolve concerns about the transaction from the United Kingdom's Competition and Markets Authority. Uh, the, the two companies have been looking to close the deal by July 18th. Mac- Microvision and Actisoft is what Breakman and Chad is saying. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the, the FTC uh, tried to bring a case. Uh, they failed. And uh, now the, the merger is going to be going through. Uh, it says, under the leadership of Lin- uh, Lena Khan, the FTC has lost other battles with technology companies, including its effort to stop meta platforms from buying virtual reality fitness app startup within. Uh, and then after this, once at, right after that happened, uh, the deal was signed between Microsoft and Sony. Sony did sign an agreement with Microsoft to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles for 10 years. It's Call of Duty only. So the original agreement proposed in 2022 was all Activision titles until 2027, which is five years. So they could have gotten everything for five years, but now they're only going to get Call of Duty. And the other Activision titles probably not going to PlayStation. So, um, yeah, so it's going to happen. And then uh, Bobby Kotick should be gone soon. That's really the hope. That's why I want this to go through. I think that employees at Activision Blizzard King deserve better. They deserve better leadership. And that's why I want this merger to go through. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, it looks like Sony's capitulated. Everybody's going to get Call of Duty. Call of Duty is going to be available in more places for the next 10 years. And then who knows what happens after then. Uh, But this also gives Sony time to make a Call of Duty killer and make it exclusive to PlayStation, just like they've done just about everything else. Uh, And then uh, the last story that I wanted to talk about is uh, one, one that I really like to hear. Uh, it's really rare to root for a large company, especially one, especially this one's owned by Sony. Uh, but it's rare, rare to root for a large company to, uh, to root for a large company to get a settlement. But I really like this one. Polygon reports that Bungie has won almost $500,000 in damages from a Destiny 2 player who harassed one of its community managers and his wife with abusive, racist, and distressing calls and messages and sent an un- unsolicited pizza order to their home in a manner designed to intimidate and frighten the couple. Uh, According to members of Bungie's legal team, the judgment from a Washington state court sets important precedents that will empower employers to go after anyone who harasses their employees online and strengthen the enforcement of laws against online trolling and harassment. Uh, As laid out in the court's judgment, the defendant, Jesse James Comer, was incensed when the community manager, who both Bungie and the court declined to name, however, people in the Bungie uh, Destiny community know who it is. They also know he quit the company and left video games over this. Um... Uh, spotlighted some fan art from a black community member. Using anonymous phone numbers, Comer left a string of hideous, bigoted voicemails on the community manager's personal phone, some asking that Bungie create options in Destiny 2 in which only persons of color would be killed. Before proceeding to threaten the community manager's wife with more uh, racist voicemails and texts, then he ordered a pizza to be delivered to their home, leaving instructions for the driver to knock at least five times loudly to make the intrusion as frightening as possible. The court ruled that Comer was liable to pay over $489,000 in damages, fees, and expenses it had accrued in protecting and supporting its employees, investigating Comer, and prosecuting the case against him. Um, so, uh, yeah, so th- this is good uh, because a lot of people believe that because they're online, because they're on the Internet, they can get away with all this stuff, and you can't. And uh, th- this is very good. Apparently, Comer did not show up in court. To defend himself, he did not have any kind of a defense. Uh, so I, I guess maybe he just thought, you know, he, he was above the law. I don't know. Um, so, uh, and unfortunately, I, I don't know if there are criminal charges uh, that can be laid against him. I think this was just a civil thing. I, we're not, I'm not sure if there are, there's any criminal laws he violated. I'm not positive. I'm also not a lawyer. So, we'll see. Uh, so, uh, we are actually, we are going to take a very quick break. We're not going to take any calls tonight. Uh, but uh, I do want to take a quick break, uh, rest my voice, and then we will talk to Rob from Orange Lounge Radio. So, we'll be back right after this. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show and the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash network. 
This is Commodore Lawson of the LTE Bridge, and you're participating with the Bobby Blackwolf Show. That's right, you are. He's going to be at Southern Fried Gaming Expo in a couple weeks with two bridges. So you can play Artemis, the spaceship simulator. If you are there, signups are already available now. Go over to Southern Fried Gaming Expo, GameATL.com, or their app, and you can get all the sign-up stuff there. Uh, so, yeah, so um, normally we take calls. We're not going to do that tonight because I started late, the show, uh, and uh, I talked a lot about Tron. So, uh, we haven't talked to OLR in a couple of weeks. So, coming up next here at the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is Orange Silence Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And we like to check in uh, check in with them. Uh, so, Sacramento, are you there? Hi, I'm here, Bobby. Long time. Long long time no see. How you doing? Good. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm, I'm feel- only slightly jealous of all your Tron experience yes. and merchandise, but it's a great time. I bought all this so you wouldn't have to. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, so- selfless Black Wolf. That's I appreciate right. it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because like the... the I was kind of disappointed in the, the action figure and you know, y- you'll get to see it in a couple of weeks cause you're going to be here in Atlanta. Um, uh-huh. and so you'll get to see it, but I was kind of disappointed in the final product and especially cause <laughs> like, you know, I'm like a hundred dollars for this. And I'm like, the experience yeah. is cool. And like the box is really cool. So I'm basically going to keep them in the box and every once in a while, just turn them on on the inside and just have them sit there. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, so, so let me ask you this, uh, final fantasy 16, what's your, what's your verdict on it? So I just beat it this week. Yeah. I don't know if you know that I actually got the entire way through the wow. game this week. And, um, yeah, I think the, um, comparison from before to the fact that it's just a really good bingeable TV show, I think is appropriate with an incredibly strong pilot episode, as we've discussed before, a few filler episodes towards the end. Uh-huh. But overall, feeling very good about it. It's definitely in the top half of the Final Fantasy games, and probably, you know, one of the you know stronger titles in, in quite some time. I think most people will probably place this near twelve, possibly, probably even above, uh, you know, close to ten. Uh, which, if you think about it, it's been like what, like fifteen years since twelve, more than that since yeah. twelve. I think twelve was like two thousand six. So it's been it's been a long time and not to knock 30. I like 13 for its own reasons. But, you know, the reality is we get these games a lot slower than we used to just because yeah. of the development time for a 4K game versus, you know, what they were back in the day. And um, I think a, pe- a lot of people have been waiting a long time for something like this. So, yeah, um, yeah it's 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 definitely worth the time. It's a bummer. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive, but that's the business. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm I'm not as far as as you are into it uh, because I I wasn't here for a bit, uh, and then and my wife uh, discovered Disney Dreamlight Valley, and so she has taken over our, our theater room to go play Disney mm-hmm. Dreamlight Valley, and she's like 110 hours into that, and she It'll she's happen. loving it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good, that's good. So, uh, so yeah. Um, my biggest, I would say, my biggest complaint with Final Fantasy 16, um, and I again, I got to watch the spoiler territory, so I'm just going to keep this very high level. Uh, we are looking at doing a spoiler cast, hopefully in the next week or two, before Southern Fried mm-hmm. uh, here at Vogue Network with um, at least Shane uh, and hopefully one other guest. We can get them on board. Um, so we'll do a spoiler-filled cast at that point for those of you that want to partake or listen later. Uh, but I would say my biggest complaint is that I think the villain was a really big letdown compared to other things going on in the story. That's really all I can say without spoiling more. But that yeah. was that would be my biggest complaint was really the antagonist was kind of weak, all things considered. My, my thing so far is like it feels like crafting's kind of a side thing. Like they didn't need to do the yeah. crafting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crafting and store, the entire like store really just feels kind of Legoed on because yeah. you have to have that in a role playing game. I, I yeah, I agree. I wish there'd been a little more depth to it. Or just not do it, you know, just make it more straightforward. Be like, okay, no, no crafting. Just, you know, because you're going to have enough materials to do to get like Mm -hmm. the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and just, you know, don't make it artificial because it really seems artificial because there's not like I can't choose what I want to craft. There's only one thing that is the next tier up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so. Um. I want to respond quickly to the break man in chat uh, says, just please tell me 16 doesn't make the same huge story and gameplay mistakes of 15. It does not. 
16 was not completely rebooted two years before release, which is very obvious about 15. If you look at all the announcement trailers, everything leading up to it. And 16 was not created with DLC in mind. And they went very much out of their way to say we are delivering a complete experience without DLC. Now they're being asked about DLC and the answers are kind of like, we're kind of looking at it. There's a very, very obvious place they could do DLC. Um, in this game, uh, it, I'll give you a hint. If you look at the icons, the, the, somebody is very clearly missing in the icons. There's somebody from the lineup that is obviously yeah. missing. There's, there's an element that is missing, and it is very obvious who should be there. Um, and, and so there's a place that the DLC could go, um, but I, I, I don't know. Now they're saying, well, if, because if they don't start it till now, it's probably going to take them a year to finish. I actually would really love to see them do a Final Fantasy 16 2. I would love that because I feel like Final Fantasy 13 2, even if not nearly as many people played that as the original, if you actually look at what they did in 13 2 versus 13, they really addressed a lot of the criticisms from 13. Like you have actual towns that you go to. The maps are not nearly linear and so forth. So like I feel like a 16 that could take the strong combat system and uh, some of that feedback, I think would be just a killer game. I'd, I'd really love to see that. Yeah. And, uh, well, see, 13.2 sucks for one reason. Uh, the Xbox Uh-oh. 360 version, the achievements do not end in 5 or 0, so oh. I'll never play it. Well, so, play it on PlayStation where you don't have that problem. <laughs> I know, and and here's the thing. I do have it for PlayStation 3. That just involves me trying to play it on the PlayStation 3. Yeah, yeah fair, fair. But I do have it for the, the, the PlayStation 3, so, um, yeah. And, and uh, Drake Man says, yeah. grumpy old Black Wolf, yes. Um... And uh, Questbrook says some fans is also homed in on a strange crystal-like structure near San Breck, wondering if it's a hint of a future drun- dungeon. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but Zen Monkey says I hope they don't add DLC. It would be nice if they never did it. So. I actually completely fine if there's never DLC if yeah. they end up doing a sequel game. Yeah. Um, so I would really like to see one or the other. But I'm, I obviously I'm totally cool with the fact that they decided they're gonna not have DLC. I think that was a very bold thing to do. Uh, to basically yeah. tell the upper management of Square Enix for not doing it yeah. uh, was pretty bold. Um, yeah. But I think it's paying off for them. I mean, three million copies of a PlayStation 5. I know everybody's trying to compare it to other things yeah. from years ago. You can't compare this to, like, three million for a PlayStation 5 exclusive sounds pretty good to me. So yeah. um, it's, it's, I mean, not to be shady, but just the reality, it's certainly better than how Forspoken performed. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's something here. Yep. So uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight? Well, we'll talk about some of the other things that have been going on in the gaming industry this week, including, you know, SAG-AFTRA is on strike. And while we don't have a story directly about that, we can talk a little bit about, you know, video games that maybe need more unions. Now, of course, SAG-AFTRA notoriously had a strike a few years ago involving voice actors. You may remember that, but that doesn't mean there's not non-union or foreign projects that go on. One of the biggest ones, Genshin Impact, under a lot of fire this week from some of the voice actors. So we will talk about that. Uh, also, it's it's kind of interesting because we're going to take on the story about the 87% of games are gone. I'm sure you've yep. heard this around yep. social media. But then I honestly feel like three quarters of our show role is about emulation, old games, like like you talked about. the. I always said Karateka, but yeah. I, I realized, you know, Karateka for me, uh, that game coming back, you know, a, among many other ways, including something we randomly brought up on the show last week, thanks to a viewer. And we were like, whatever happened to this? Suddenly, out of nowhere this week, major announcement that they're coming back to Xbox. So we'll talk about yeah. that coming up on a while. And, and that 87%, because I didn't talk about it, but I did follow it because that's the Video Game History Foundation. And I follow a lot of the stuff that they do. That's Frank Cifaldi's organization. Uh, they mm-hmm. said 87% are not available for the normal person who doesn't want to deal with emulators. Yeah. That is what, like, it's not available in a library. It's not easily accessible. You have to go to sketchy ROM sites. Like, they're mm-hmm. around, but they're not available like an old book is available. Right. You know, or an old movie is available because you can still, you know, check out DVDs from your local library. And so that's what they are, what they're going on. Or you have to go to something like Southern Fried Gaming Expo where we have a library available for the weekend. Yes. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. 
So uh, that is it for me. I will answer one more question here from Chad. As Sharon Amat says, my fiance wants to know what Dreamlight Valley is now. Uh, it is not free to play yet. It's going to be free to play, but it is essentially Disney's response to Animal Crossing, except it actually has a storyline that is like kind of cohesive. And you, when you meet other characters, there's actually a story. Uh, my wife loves it. I played it uh, when the beta started uh, last year. I played it on stream a little bit, but it is essentially Disney's Animal Crossing uh, and Harvest Moon and, and games like that. And uh, so she, she loves it. Um, she's probably playing it right now, if I if I know her. Anyway, I will be back next Sunday night on time this time because I figured out all my PC issues with my USB hub. Uh, I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Kids Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. And yes, I should still do be doing something the following week, even though I will be at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. It will be over long before... Uh, the show, so I'll be back home in time. So there will be something going on that night here on the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, so uh, Facebook.com slash Bobby Blackwolf or Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf. All the places at Bobby Blackwolf uh, where the skies are blue, where uh, the Mastodons are roaming, uh, even like if you're threading something, I'm there too. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm not posting anywhere right now. I don't know where I'm going to be posting. I don't know. Just use the Discord, vognetwork.com slash Discord. And that is where uh, you'll keep up and be more, most likely able to keep up with what we're doing uh, here on this show, at this network, and at future conventions. Because Dragon Con is also coming up here in Atlanta. And we're going to have some fun announcements regarding that as soon as we hear them ourselves. Uh, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone the show is not for everybody. But it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of the chatters who go above and beyond. Uh, and I'm pulling up that list right now. We have some people that uh, that go higher than, than just being here. Because you being here is amazing. That's really all we ask for. But some people do go above and beyond. Thank you, S.J. Matt, for your resubscription. Fifth Dream also resubscribed for the 48th time and he's like that's like a year right yes yes 48 months is totally a year and since yes since you know we, we last year was 2019 so that makes sense uh we also got 200 bits from sj and matt that says tron and uh rob roberts cheered 100 bits that said boop uh, or beep beep and boop i don't know uh same thing but uh that was a hype train thank you so much for the hype train i'm gonna go hit the button that gets us out of here I think it's that one. That's it. That's the button. All right. And uh, I will uh, see you next week. As uh, the Breakman says, Dreamlight Valley is a cutesy version of a lifetime of servitude. I can see that. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.